The Athletic Podcast Network is supported by the Quip Electric Toothbrush, the Tesla of toothbrushes. Most people's oral care habits could be better. We often brush for less than two minutes and use old, worn-out bristles. Quip makes having a fresh, healthy mouth easy and convenient. Their electric toothbrush pulses every 30 seconds, so you clean your mouth evenly. And they deliver brush head refills every three months, like dentists recommend. Get your first refill free at getquip.com slash listen. That's getquip.com slash listen. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a fresh edition of the Rainbow Skyline podcast, a podcast about the Denver Nuggets from your friends at The Athletic. My name is Nick Cosmiter, and I am joined, as always, by my colleague, Kendra Andrews. And uh, we're coming to you the morning after the Nuggets came back from 23 down to beat the Spurs. Um, Another win for Denver, which is 12-4 and in its last 16 games. Number two in the Western Conference with one more game before the All-Star break, appropriately against the Los Angeles Lakers on Wednesday night at the Pepsi Center. Um, So so that's a lot to get into, that the Nuggets are playing some of their best basketball of the year. Um, Definitely need this break that's coming up. We have a lot to get to about that, about the game, uh, about where Denver stands right now as a contender. But Kendra, the first thing I want to get into is is just last night. And this was a game in in the third quarter, again, midway through that third period, the Nuggets were down by by 23. Uh, They they were playing really no defense to speak of. Uh, At that point, the Spurs had already eclipsed the 80-point mark. And um, it it was just one of those things where they they flipped a switch. And, And as you wrote about today, Paul Millsap on his 35th birthday was a giant part of that. Uh, but again, it's just a matter of this team really just finding ways. They, they've been finding ways for, for a while now. Uh, what was just your impression last night of, of, of watching that comeback? Yeah, I mean, it's a pretty impressive comeback. I feel like just these past handful of, of games, whether it's this game, Utah, Milwaukee, whatever it is, have really shown this like grit and grind version of the Nuggets. And I just think it's so interesting. Like, I always wonder, like, what flip in their or switch in their head kind of turns on at that point being like, okay, enough of this tomfoolery. Let's actually, like, let's do this. Kendra, let's you're not too young lose to say tomfoolery. <laughs> <laughs> you're too young to say tomfoolery. Uh, <laughs> sorry. I don't, I don't know what other word to use. Like, no, whatever, I, I, whatever it is, you know, like, <laughs> like, I was I was I was channeling my inner Paul Millsap. You know, there he you go. he there you go. last night Monte Morris said that you know in the third quarter Paul said to the to some of the players like let's don't look at the score let's play like we're down to like we're still in this and let's just like wrap this thing up and it's just like so interesting to me that it's like okay it's great that they have the ability to do that and to all of a sudden just turn on this switch and, and take over the game like they did last night. But it's really interesting to me as to why in, in so many games, it's kind of taken to that point to, to get it together and to start playing defense, as you mentioned, and just to start firing on all cylinders. And, and so it's, it's a great win for them, but it's really interesting to me to see why it, this trend has been happening this season. Well, the, the interesting part to me was last night, um, Michael Malone, before the game, was asked what he's really liked about this current stretch that the Nuggets are in. And he said, we, we've kind of rediscovered our defense. Mm-hmm. And, and he was right in the last nine games uh, previous to last night, they were fourth in the league in defensive rating, which, which is 
was a really positive sign for a team that um, really hit a bad defensive lull, um, you know, through December, early part of January, couldn't defend anybody. So they, they had been making this great progress on the defensive end, and then they go out and give give up 40 points to yeah. the Spurs in the first quarter. Um, and it was just, you know, part of it, San Antonio couldn't miss. I, I think they no. hit seven threes in the first quarter. And so you, you start to kind of know, you, you, you see enough of these games, you start to understand the rhythm and say, okay, they're not going to continue to shoot at that rate. You know, that's just the law of averages is going to come back around. But then you still have to be ready as an opponent when, when you know that those shots are going to start to miss um, to take advantage of it. And, and Millsap, who finished with 22 points, just just was monster in the third quarter, hit four three-pointers, or th- I think hit three three-pointers in the third quarter, um, it, you know, is, is a guy that just after missing 16 games has looked fresh as he's come back, uh, had a double-double in a really small role against the, the Suns. And then again, the, the huge 22 points last night. You know, Monte Morris is a guy who is starting to play, continuing to play really, really well for that second unit. Again, it's just these guys who were who were big parts of the 2018-19 team that won 54 games and then started the season with with much smaller roles in terms of minutes just because there were so many players to go around or so many players who were deserving of time and so little of it to go around. And that was part of what the Nuggets tried to address at the trade deadline. Um, you know, Malik Beasley and Juancho Hernan Gomez evidenced by the fact that they've been inserted immediately into the starting yeah. lineup in Minnesota are talented players who, who deserve playing time in the NBA, who have earned, earned that playing time in the NBA. And yet there just wasn't enough of it for them to play. And also for other guys like Torrey Craig, who, who is, who has really been special in this 16 game stretch. So what you're seeing is now guys who didn't get that time earlier on starting to get longer run and they're just finding that rhythm. And that that's, that's where the depth that the Nuggets kind of pair, you know, lauded as this thing that was going to separate them in the Western Conference, uh, the continuity and the depth. We are starting to see it now. It's really shown in this time that the Nuggets have been injured, where you just continue to have. I mean, Jordan McRae scored eight points last night, hit a big three pointer in the third quarter. They just have have so much depth, and it, it's it's something that's really started to come to fruition for them. So I agree that you know, in, in trading Malik and, and Wancho. These these guys are now getting, especially on the Nuggets, they're getting the running time that they've deserved. And I think that was an issue before when you have so many guys and Coach Malone is trying to play, you know, 13 players, 12 players at once. No one's getting that running time to find the rhythm, to be able to do what they really can do and really show that potential. And I think now you mentioned Tory Craig. I think that's a great example of someone who had a lot of rough patches earlier in the season, but now that he knows what's expected of him, he knows he's going to get that playing time. He knows when he's going to come in roughly how many minutes he's going to have. He's really been able to, you know, get back to some of the things that he was doing last season and just really make a positive impact instead of, you know, coming in every four games to play 10 minutes and then not playing for another three and things like that. Yeah. And I think his role will still be better um, coming off the bench for all the positive stuff mm-hmm. that Tory Craig does. You, just the numbers say that the starting lineup, um, that's not where his best fit is. And so I think as soon as Will Barton yeah. comes back, uh, he's going to go back into, into the starting three spot. And then um, Tory Craig will kind of come off the bench. I think probably both as mm-hmm. the backup two to Gary Harris, and also um, you know as the three behind behind Will Barton. But also we we know that mm-hmm. Michael Porter Jr., who was playing really well before he sprained his ankle in Milwaukee, is another kind of puzzle piece that they have to put back in there. It's, it's so it's 
Michael Malone's job continues to be challenging because, you know, he'll find this rhythm. He'll find stuff that's going well. And then all of a sudden he'll be incorporating new pieces. I'm really, I'm really curious as to the the Mason Plumlee thing right now. They're, they're Mm -hmm. playing well with, without a a backup center. Last night we saw Paul Millsap, uh, who, who is adept at guarding guys like LaMarcus Aldridge and Anthony Davis as, as much as a six foot seven power forward can be, he's, <laughs> he's taken on that challenge. And so then you had, you have lineups where he's playing center and and you're really just able to, to outpace teams. Because if you have a, we saw it last night, the, the Spurs got into a situation where they still had Yaka Pirtle on the floor as the five, and he's trying to have to guard Paul Millsap off of a, off of a pick and roll. Like there's just, he's got no chance. And so it, it's, it's, I, I think I'm, I made the joke that, um, you know, the Houston Rockets were surprised at how small the Denver Nuggets were playing last night. <laughs> that's, that's, I think it's going to be interesting. And so you have all these different machinations of, okay, are you, are you just going to put Mason Plumlee right back in there? And then Jeremy Grant is just playing straight back up four. Um, how do you think they're going to handle, like, you know, what, what are some specific ways you think they're going to handle this when, when they're whole after the all-star break? It's, it's an interesting thing. Cause I'm even thinking about like, cause Jeremy Grant has been playing at that starting four right. for, you know, quite some time now while Paul has been recovered, recovering. And even with the two games that Paul's been back, he's been coming off the bench to kind of get reintegrated. And, you know, when the Nuggets had literally no guys on their bench, they're playing a seven man rotation and all these different things. You saw, you know, Jeremy spend time at the five, as you mentioned, now Paul's spending time at the five and they've adapted and they've played so well with that. So I do think it's, you know, like I can only think that it's going to be hard to integrate Mason Plumlee back when, when he's recovered. And that's not to say that he wasn't playing well or he's not a good backup center. No, it's, not, it's not a knock on Mason great. Plumlee whatsoever. But you're seeing how well this team is playing and how they're gelling and winning like without him. And so, you know, I mean, maybe, maybe it's a matchup thing where like, you know, we're playing, they're playing uh, the Lakers on Wednesday. Right. So it's a, you have AD and you have LeBron James. Is that a situation where, yeah, you're going to want a big seven foot guy like Mason Plumlee to give Nicole Jokic a break and then also have a guy like Jeremy or a guy like um, Paul on the floor? Is it going to be like a strict matchup situation? And then when you don't have to deal with players like Anthony Davis and LeBron James on the, at the same time, is that when you're going to kind of rely on Millsap and, and maybe Jeremy Grant to be a backup five because they've proved that they can do that successfully. It It's going to be an interesting. Yeah. Like you're not going to, you're probably not going to be playing, you know, the, the Jokic Plumlee combo when you're on the floor, when you're playing, right. playing the Houston Rockets. Um, it is, it is yeah. going to be interesting. And, you know, look, last year, quite honestly, Mason Plumlee didn't play well in the playoffs. And um, it's, so is it a situation now where you just try to, but they also didn't have last year. They didn't have two power forwards who could also play center. Like they, they mm-hmm. had Paul Millsap and then Trey Lyles w- was in the mix, but wasn't really giving them anything. Um, and so now you have a, a very capable starter level backup power forward in Jeremy Grant, who's shown he can also play the five. Paul Millsap can play both positions. And so I, I really think when the playoffs come around, it's going to be the three of those guys who more or less rotate into those front court positions. Now, you, you mentioned the Lakers. That, that's a great example when you have a team that will play Dwight Howard and JaVale McGee and LeBron James all on the floor at the mm-hmm. same time and just try to punish people on the boards. Well, maybe now you have an answer to that as well. So it's it's going to be interesting. Michael Porter Jr. is going to be kind of a fascinating 
deal to me because mm-hmm. you look at a game like last night, they win 127 to 120. Fans love that. You know, you mentioned grit and grind, but there was there was there was instances last night in which it was just like um, nobody is grinding on defense at all. And, <laughs> yeah. and I, I'm curious to see while, while fans love this, they love that the offense has come around. That's not how Michael Malone wants to win games, and that's just the reality of it. <laughs> yeah. he, he he that's as, as as great as his offense can be. He's he's not he's not going to give in on this. Like we we're just going to play this track meet. He he he's worked. They've worked too hard. It's too important for them to just let go of the rope on defense. And again, you saw the evidence of, of the last nine games or so. Part of this overall twelve and four stretch in which the defense has has really started to come back around, and that's helped them a lot. So. You know, Michael Porter Jr., we we know that the reason that he hasn't been able to play at certain times is because of the fact that his defense hasn't hasn't been been there. A rookie ha- has a lot to figure out. So it's going to be really fascinating to me when, when they come back from the All-Star break and go to Oklahoma City for that first game um, and everybody's whole what that rotation rotation looks like. Um, again, it's it's proverbial good problems to have, but these were. I think actual problems early in the season, and, and it's going to be up to Malone to to navigate that all. Uh, I want to hit on a couple other things about the game. Um, Jamal Murray three points in the first half, scores twenty three in the second half, uh, and afterwards talks about how you know how much pain he was in, how he almost didn't play to start the game. He was even closer to not returning after he he you know he dinged his his injured ankle um, in the first quarter. Had to go back to the locker room and, and get it checked out. Uh, you know, he, he's talking about how he's playing through through a ton of pain um, and it's been a challenge. He, he talked to his dad at halftime of the game last night to, you know, to talk about where they were at, what the situation was, um, you know, and he talks about just sort of the, the mentality of, of of wanting to come back and, and be there for his team. You know, I I wonder at, at some point is is discretion the better part of valor here in terms of he is so important to the team and he has been fantastic in these four games since he returned from his 10 game absence with the ankle injury. He's averaging 28 points per game, shooting 59 from the field, 48 from three. I mean, he, he's just in an absolute zone and and he's shown how important he is to this team. I go both ways on it in terms of, Hey, if this, this guy is tough minded, he's, he's, he's going to be there. But I, and, and I know a lot of this ankle stuff is, is pain tolerance stuff, but I just wonder how susceptible you become to other injuries when you're having to account for kind of, you know, the, the, the pain of, of a previous injury and man, if they lost him for any significant amount of time, it would just be killing. Right. I mean, I completely agree. It's kind of that, how much is it, is it worth for that hypothetical other injury to happen or for him to land on his already hurt ankle awkwardly and then it just breaks or it, you know, something even worse happens to to just the sprain that he suffered. And part of me thinks like in his mindset, cause you know, he's such a competitive person. He just wants to play. Part of me is like, was he thinking, okay, the all-star break is just right there. Like I can just play until the all-star break and then just take that week to, to get fully better and stuff. Or is he really just like, that's not even a factor and he just wants to play. Yeah, no, you're, you're right. And it, that is the kind of like the saving grace. Cause somebody asked him, are you going to play Wednesday against the Lakers? And he said, Yep. I'll be in there. You know, like he's not going to, he's not going to miss this game. Look, he tweeted last night. Cause I think there was conversation about this going around. He said, he said, I want to be the best basketball is my life for real. Mm-hmm. Uh, there ain't nothing with, wrong with that. Right. And he, I mean, he's right. You're, you, you never, you're never complaining about a, a player who has that kind of toughness. It's, it's, it's admirable. Mm-hmm. It's, it's helped him become the player who he is. Um, 
you know, it's, it's, it's again, you just wonder, and he, he knows better than himself what he can handle and what he can't. And the, 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 the statistics back it up that he's been playing fantastically, but it's yeah. just, he's certainly a guy that needs a break. And, um, you know, yes. again, it, it does help that the all-star break has come around and, and hopefully that will be, that will be enough for him to, to kind of fully get right. Um, but, but we'll just mm-hmm. have to see. You know, speaking of the All-Star break, here the Nuggets are rolling in as we sit here now on Tuesday. They're a half game up on the Clippers for the number two spot in the Western Conference. Their 38-16 and 16 record is the best in the, NBA, in the, in the franchise's NBA history, uh, going all the way back to 1976. So this is a team that is obviously clicking on all cylinders. Now, as we get as the playoffs start to kind of get closer and closer, where do you think the Nuggets stand as a contender? And by that, I mean, do you think any more of their chances to be to, to, to win a championship, to reach the NBA Finals, uh, than you did at the beginning of this season? Or is it still kind of what we thought, the two LA teams, a little bit of a tick above? W- what's your idea of, of what this picture looks like right now? 100% like transparency, because this is my first season covering the Nuggets. And so when I started the season, a lot of what I knew about them and their chances were, okay, I watched them in the playoffs last season, and I'm just hearing a whole lot of talk. And I was like, okay, okay, maybe, like, we'll see. I don't really know. And then as the season started, I think, especially in that kind of middle of the beginning of the season, I was like, eh, I don't really know. And then recently, they've just been playing at like a whole nother level, I think. And in my mind, that has kind of upped their chances of being a true contender when it comes to them competing with the LA teams. I think that I think that they could probably beat the Clippers. Interesting. Where I get hung up where I get hung up is kind of an and that's why I'm really interested to see how they play on tomorrow on Wednesday against the Lakers. I'm really interested to see how they're going to handle that team. Um, but overall, I mean, I think that just how they've been playing since like, you know, mid January, these past couple weeks has really just, I mean, Nicole Jokic has been on a whole other level. As you mentioned before, Jamal Murray, since coming back from his injury, has been on a whole other level. You're finally seeing the depth that has been just such an asset for them finally coming together and actually providing what this bench was expected to provide from the beginning of the season. I think all of that's really coming together. And this is the time when it needs to, like you're almost at the, you're past the halfway point. You're almost in that final stretch of the season to the postseason after the all-star break. This is when you want to be really climbing. And that's exactly what the nuggets are doing in my mind. I, I think the Clippers are going to be a tougher out for them than the Lakers are. Um, I, I just think that the, the two star wing perimeter players that the, that the that the Clippers have in Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, uh, you know, the Nuggets I think are equipped to handle one a player like that, and we haven't seen them play that duo yet. And so, so we'll we'll get mm-hmm. a better view of this after the All Star break when they play a couple more times, and you know, maybe they'll have both both guys in the lineup. But with with how many games that Kawhi Leonard uh, takes for load management and, and Paul George kind of doing the same, <laughs> it's hard to say whether whether we'll actually see that iteration of the team yeah. before the before the playoffs begin. Um, you know, I like that matchup better for them. I'm still not convinced that it's one that they could win in a seven game series. Um, but I will say this, I, I think my view of, of where Denver sits as a contender has been, uh, is, is higher now than what it was at the start of the year. And, and part of mm-hmm. that is because, uh, 
I just think they're more they're more equipped. The, the two addition the two biggest additions to this team in Jeremy Grant and Michael Porter Jr. I think are giving them wrinkles that we maybe didn't see coming in terms of the the defensive versatility in in Grant's case, and then just how much of a score Michael Porter is and the mismatches that he can create on that end. Um, you know, both as a scorer and, and as a rebounder, Th- those are things that I think they'll be able to add in certain situations in, in some of these matchups that are going to give them a leg up that they didn't have last year. They really struggled to guard, um, you know, t- to guard wings on, on the perimeter last year. Guys like Mo Harkless and Rodney Hood um, killed them. Derek White, a couple games in, in the in the Spurs series, a, a bigger guard. Um, and then really they did not have a guy who could just go get a shot and they were really missing that a season ago. Jamal Murray had his flurries in which he was, he was fantastic, but then game seven against the trailblazers, when he goes four of 19, you saw that they were really missing another guy who could, who could go score with ease. Um, and that's what Porter provides. So those two guys, I think added to what they already have. The fact that Paul Millsap provided, he stays healthy. Um, it is really is really playing very well, shooting the ball at the, as well as he has in his entire career. Um, Will Barton, obviously the bounce back that he's had from a year ago, even though it's, he, he's, he's dealt with a little bit of injury lately, not quite the same guy that he was right out of the gate, but has still been very solid. Um, though, those are things that we've seen that we didn't know what they had going into the year that, that now half or more than halfway through the season have sort of revealed themselves. And that's why I, I'm a little bit more confident in what they could do uh, as a contender. So it, it is going to be fascinating to see a couple of these matchups against those LA teams in the coming weeks, uh, I think will give us a better barometer. I agree. I think that's going to do it for us today. Kendra, we're keep it locked into the athletic.com slash rainbow skyline. Click that, click follow on that feed button. Uh, you know, again, fresh podcasts in that feed every week, uh, as well as bonus material for subscribers occasionally, uh, including perhaps this weekend at the all-star break in Chicago. So in order to be get those bonus episodes, you got to be a subscriber. That'll also get you all of our content. We got a Nikola Jokic week coming up here at The Athletic. Uh, original <laughs> reporting, a lot of fun stories that we're going to have on Denver's Lone All-Star coming up that you can only get to be a subscriber at The Athletic. So go to theathletic.com slash Rainbow Skyline and get 40% off an annual subscription that gets you all the podcasts and all of our written content. Uh, until next time, guys, thanks for stopping by.